You're listening to Comedy Central. April 3rd, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. is a Grammy-nominated singer and songwriter. You know him as a member of Maroon 5. P.J. Morton is here, everybody! Also on tonight's show, spies at Mar-a-Lago, President Trump's war on wind, and if you hate airplane seats, I have good and bad news. So let's catch up on today's headlines. (laughs) Joe Biden. Over the past few days, a number of people have complained about the former vice president's habits of playing personal space invaders with women he meets. (laughs) Well, today, Biden responded. Breaking news. Minutes ago, former Vice President Joe Biden releasing a new video on social media addressing accusations that he has touched women in ways that made them feel uncomfortable. Not sexually, not violently, but inappropriate. And I always tried to be, uh, in my career, I've always tried to make a human connection. That's my responsibility, I think. I shake hands, I hug people, I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. You know, social norms have begun to change, they've shifted, and the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I get it. I get it. I hear what they're saying. I understand it. And I'll be much more mindful. That's my responsibility my responsibility, and I'll meet it. Oh, wow. You know, it's genuinely impressive to hear an old person say that he is willing to change. Yeah, normally old people are like, well, I'm dying soon, so live with it! (laughs) But at the same time, you have to admit, Biden is being a little slick with his description, right? I shake hands, I hug people, I grab shoulders. Yeah, that's not why people complained. The issue was you going full National Geographic on every female in sight, Joe. (laughs) That's what that was about, Joe. But let's move on now to a troubling story coming from the Winter White House. A huge security breach at President Trump's Mar-a-Lago luxury resort in Florida. On Saturday, the Secret Service says a Chinese woman walked up to a security checkpoint at President Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida and said she was there to go to the swimming pool. But when a resort shuttle picked her up, she changed her story and said she was there for a UN-Chinese-American Association meeting. But no such meeting was scheduled and she was promptly arrested. Tonight, investigators want to know if it was a spy mission. She was carrying four cell phones, a laptop computer, an external hard drive, and a thumb drive that contained malware. They also note that although she said she was there to go to the pool, she was not carrying a swimsuit. Okay, okay, okay. Now, I know this sounds suspicious, going to a pool with no swimsuit and with four cell phones. She could be a spy, or she could just be an Instagram model. Hmm? Each phone is for a different filter. And as for the laptop, I mean, that's just how you edit your thought shots. We don't know, we don't know. And I know right now some of you are like, okay, but Trevor, what about the flash drive with the virus on it? What flash drive doesn't have a virus on it, huh? (laughs) All of them. That's why I always put a condom on mine before I plug it into the computer. (laughs) 
She's a spy. I get it. She's a spy. All right, moving on to some election news. Chicago. It's a city of firsts. First skyscraper, first U.S. serial killer, and first person to drown in a slice of pizza. And now, <laughs> the Windy City is adding a new first to the list. Yesterday, Chicago elected Democrat Lori Lightfoot as the city's first black woman mayor. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty amazing. So, congratulations to Lori Lightfoot. In fact, this was interesting. She was running against another black woman, Tony Preckwinkle. Yeah, so Chicago was gonna make history either way. Both women are black, and both have the most Harry Potter-sounding names I've ever heard. <laughs> really? It just sounds like Harry Potter. Professor Preckwinkle, Lori Lightfoot turned Hermione into a frog again. <laughs> Let's move on now to some international news. If you think you're addicted to Postmates, it's nothing compared to what's happening in Nigeria. The government in Nigeria is trying to cut down on the imported food, saying that the imports are hurting the local economy and apparently British pizza is on the list. While complaining about trade imports, a politician in Nigeria claimed that his fellow citizens are importing pizza from the UK. Do you know, sir, there are Nigerians who use their cell phones to import pizza from London? Buy in London, they bring it on British Airways in the morning to pick up at the airport. It's a very annoying situation. Okay. Okay, okay, first of all, first of all, British pizza? <laughs> You're telling me Nigerians are flying past Italy to get British pizza? While you're at it, why not fly past Amsterdam to get weed in Romania? Like, what are you doing? This is so extra. So the story is rich Nigerians send people to Britain to buy them pizza. Yeah which is such a waste of money and time. And also, I can't imagine what the plots in Nigerian porn movies are like, you know? It's like, oh no, it seems like I don't have any money for this pizza, how will I pay? He's like, you don't have money. I just took a $4,000 flight to pick up this lady. I'm going to need you to put on some clothes and get some cash, eh? Boobs don't pay for pepperoni, okay? Get some money, get some money. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> and finally, an exciting development in the world of air travel. Just when you thought those airline seats couldn't get any smaller, an Italian company has come up with an airplane standing seat. The Skyrider 3.0 kind of looks like a bicycle seat with a back support and a seat belt. The manufacturer says these seats would be called ultra basic economy. They say there's interest, but no orders just oh. yet. Oh, that's right, people. We are on the verge of ultra basic economy. <laughs> where you have to stand for the entire flight and everyone shares one peanut. You just lick it and pass it on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, no more seatbelts. When shit gets rough, Joe Biden just grabs you from behind. <laughs> Don't panic, just breathe. All right, that's it for the headlines. Let's move into today's top story, everybody. You know, one thing I've always said about Donald Trump from the beginning, is that he is both terrifying and hilarious. Like an asteroid headed to Earth, but it's shaped like a penis. <laughs> Think I'm gonna die, but I know I'm gonna laugh. And yesterday was one of those days when Trump was full penis, no asteroid. President Trump is no great student of history, but you would think he would have his own family history down, especially if he's gonna just bring it up unprompted like he did today. I have great respect for Angela and I have great respect for the country. My father is German, right? Was German. And uh, born in a, a very wonderful 
place in Germany, and so I have a great feeling for Germany. Except the president's father was born in the Bronx. <laughs> you know, this is, this is one of those Trump lies where I'm just like, why are you even doing this? There's nothing to gain, right? Sometimes it feels like he has an unlimited lying plan with Verizon. Like, why lie about this? You know, like, sometimes it's like, you know the way we try to get our steps in? He's trying to reach a certain number of lies on his Fitbit every single day, you know? He's like, oh, I haven't hit my 10,000 yet. My dad was from Germany. Yes, 10,000. I'm not really at 10,000. Another lie! <laughs> Although, I, I will say this. I always thought that Trump was racist for saying Obama was born in Kenya, but now that he's doing it to his dad, maybe he's just a birther for everyone. Maybe that's just him. He's just like, Mike Pence, you're born in Vietnam. Kellyanne, Guatemala. Ben Carson, Wakanda. Tell me where the vibranium is, Ben. Tell me where it is. But believe it or not, Trump lying about his dad's birth was the least crazy thing that he did yesterday. Because later on that night, he went to the Republican spring dinner, right? Stood in front of that hedge that Homer Simpson disappears into <laughs> and proceeded to roast Joe Biden. I said, General, come here, give me a kiss. <laughs> I felt like Joe Biden. They got to. Our former vice president, he's... I was gonna call him, I don't know him well. I was gonna say, welcome to the world, Joe. You having a good time, Joe? Wow. <laughs> I love how Trump sounds like he's the host of the Me Too Club. <laughs> yeah, he's just like welcoming Joe Biden and like, come in, come in, we've been waiting for you. Let me teach you the secret handshake. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty insane that Trump has the balls to roast Joe Biden for a non-sexual accusation when he literally has been accused of sexual assault by a dozen women. It's like Boeing roasting you for a fender bender. Ha ha, you can't drive. <laughs> but last night, Biden was only a small part of Trump's crazy speech. To be honest, it was less of a speech and more like two hours of mental diarrhea. I mean, at some point, Trump even started attacking windmills. Yeah, you heard me, windmills. If you have a windmill anywhere near your house, congratulations, your house just went down 75% in value. <laughs> and they say the noise causes cancer. You tell me that one, okay? <laughs> okay, I've never heard a windmill before, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it doesn't sound like a cat in a dryer. <laughs> wow, wow. And don't get me started on solar panels. <laughs> and what about hydropower? You know the sound water makes? <laughs> like, I really can't believe that I have to say this, people, but noise from windmills does not cause cancer. In fact, at this point, it's probably one of the only things that doesn't cause cancer. Every day, they add a new thing to the list. Hot dogs, plastic, sitting too long, standing too long, microwaving your own head, injecting yourself with cancer. The list is endless. <laughs> and as random as it seems for Trump to be going after windmills, it turns out that Trump has had a beef with windmills for many, many years. In fact, this rivalry goes so deep that we've decided to explore it in our brand new segment, Donald J. Trump, Commander in Beef. I'm gonna hit them back, and if I give them a whack, I think I could take this guy and knock the crap out of him, would you? Like to punch him in the face. Windmills, they're not just a challenging obstacle on the putt-putt course. No, 
They're also Trump's arch enemy. They're part of his origin story. You know, like a superhero whose parents were killed by a very slowly moving fan. <laughs> and Trump doesn't just hate windmills like a Jehovah's Witness. No, he's going door to door to try and get everyone else to hate them too. And he's got all kinds of reasons, starting with the danger that they pose to America's most precious resource, television. If Hillary got in, you wouldn't have that stat, I can tell you right now. You'd be doing wind, windmills, and if it doesn't... <laughs> if it doesn't blow, you can forget about television for that night. <laughs> Darling, I wanna watch television, I'm sorry. The wind isn't blowing. <laughs> I know a lot about wind. <laughs> what? What the f does that mean? <laughs> I know a lot, like we all know the same amount about wind. <laughs> what do you need to know about wind? You can use it to fly a kite, sometimes it screws up your umbrella, and if it goes in a circle, it's a tornado. That's it, we're done. <laughs> Also, I like that instead of talking about the effects of a power outage on things like hospitals or airports, the worst case scenario Trump could think of was no TV. <laughs> like TV is so important to Trump, he probably listed it as his emergency contact. If anything happens to me, turn to channel seven, please. <laughs> and also, does Trump not know what a battery is? Huh? <laughs> Cause you realize, you realize a wind turbine doesn't plug directly into your TV, okay? He makes it seem like the faster the windmill goes, the faster your TV slows on, you know? It's like the show's on TV playing faster and faster. On a windy day, it's just like on the news today, the people are going to kill somebody. Oh, and according to Trump, according to Trump, the danger windmills pose to television is nothing compared to what it does to nature's airplanes, the birds. The wind kills all your birds, all your birds killed. They kill so many birds. You look underneath some of those windmills, it's like a killing field of birds. In California, if you kill a, a bald eagle, they put you in jail for five years. And yet the windmills knock them out like, like flies. It's crazy. What about the thousands of birds they're killing? Try going to the bottom of a windmill someday. It's not a pretty picture. How many windmills does this guy visit? <laughs> And why is he always going to the base of them? Driver, stop the car, I wanna count the dead birds. <laughs> now, to be fair, to be fair to Trump, right? Windmills do kill birds, right? And some people are legitimately concerned about it. But I don't think Donald Trump is one of those people. Like, Trump doesn't really care about the welfare of birds. In fact, to me, it looks like he's on a mission to wipe out the entire species on his own. <laughs> but let's say you don't care about TV or birds or getting fake cancer. You may wanna pay attention to this because windmills are also a threat to America's national security. We love clean, beautiful West Virginia coal. We love it. Right. And you know, that's indestructible stuff. In times of war, in times of conflict, you can blow up those windmills, they fall down real quick. You can blow up the windmills, you know, the windmills. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Bing, that's the end of that windmill. Don't build windmills because they can be blown up during war. Yeah, so can everything else. Every power source can be blown up during a war. Yeah, in fact, a blown up windmill probably has the least fallout. With oil, you have spills. With nuclear power, you have radiation. If you bomb a windmill, what's the worst that happens, huh? It's just gonna fall on a pile of dead birds. That's it. 
So clearly, Donald Quixote over here is in a war with windmills. The question is, why? Well, we did some digging, and it turns out the beef started almost a decade ago. Trump is an outspoken critic of wind farms and opposes a planned development of turbines just offshore from his golf course in Northeast Scotland. Trump told lawmakers he supports other forms of green energy, but wind turbines are ugly, noisy, and dangerous. Wind turbines made in China are going to be the destruction and the tr almost a total destruction of your tourism industry. They want to build thousands of windmills in the waters that surround the most beautiful shoreline probably anywhere in the world. It has to be stopped. Scotland has a group of leaders, one in particular, who just is foistering them on the people, and it's really, really sad. Of course, it all makes sense now. It was never really about birds or television. It was always about golf. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, Trump is wrong on two counts. Experts say that windmills near a golf course don't destroy tourism, and experts also say that foistering is not a word. <laughs> but this is great news. This is great news. We understand it, right? He hates the windmills because they block his view at his golf course, but now we understand what Trump's motivating force is, right? Golf courses. That's the one thing he will do anything to protect. And now that we know this, we can use it to solve the world's problems. Like Puerto Rico. If you want Trump to stop blocking your hurricane funding, just turn your island into a giant golf club and the money will come flying in like no, no, no. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a Grammy Award-winning singer and songwriter, a producer and keyboardist for Maroon 5. His latest solo album is called Gumbo Unplugged. Please welcome PJ Morton. <laughs> welcome right. to the show. Supposed to hit the table. You like supposed that. to? Is this like a thing? I, I think so. Let's yeah, see everybody. Yeah, you, you can, you can, you can hit the table. Welcome to it. <laughs> good to so be good here, to have man. you here. Congratulations on all of your success. Thank uh, you. One of my best friends sent me a message. And he's like, PJ's gonna be on the show, and yeah. I was like, what, what's a PJ? Oh man. And I was joking with him. He's like, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. You, you have some, some really, really, really rabid fans who are loving your music, but many people may know you from Maroon 5. They go like, that's him. Absolutely. In fact, someone described like you to me, they were like, PJ Morton. And I was like, who's PJ Morton? Cause I know the music, not the name. Right. And they were like, the black guy from Maroon 5. Yeah. Do people <laughs> say that to you a lot? Yeah, my, my father calls me the only Maroon in Maroon, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that all the time. I get that all the time. Right, yeah. it, it's, you, you, you've been really successful with the band though, as, as, a, as a singer, as a songwriter, uh, as a keyboardist, you've got a great story with them. It must have been an interesting time for you when you were playing the Super Bowl. Yes. Right? Because that, that was one of the touchiest moments that we've seen. Like, Maroon 5 is, is safe. I mean, no one ever goes like Maroon 5, a controversial band. Sure. And then the Super Bowl came up, and people were like, why are you guys performing at the Super Bowl instead of supporting Colin Kaepernick? Mm -hmm. Was that a tough decision for the band to make? Yeah, I, and I don't think we viewed it as either or. Um, you know, the band was there because of the hard work that we've done over the years, right. you know? The hit songs and the, the, the successful tours. So I felt like we were supposed to be there, 
And, uh, you know, me personally, as a supporter of, of Colin Kaepernick, I felt like I could play the Super Bowl and support Colin at the same time. Right. The same way people are, were on the field playing football and supporting him at the same time. Right, right, right. Um, so I didn't see any, any different. And I think we, we became an easy target. I think halftime performers are easy targets in general, but Definitely. it was really heated this year. Um, you know, myself, I wasn't, my Saints were balling out all year and I wasn't watching football in right, support. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I think when it came down to it, when we said whether we would do it or not, it just came down to music is what we do. We make people happy with music, and that was our choice. And at the same time, still supporting the cause, you know, and, and what the cause started off as, which is, you know, I'm against police brutality, against brown and, and, and black people, and, uh, and I'm in support of uh, p peacefully protesting. Right, right, right. And, and those things still stand. They stood as we played the halftime show, and... Uh, you know, everything's but, uh, all right. You, you, I think something we can agree on that was very controversial, and we, we do need to talk about this, okay. is, is <laughs> all of those tattoos. Yes. Oh, Adam's tattoos. Adam, Adam's tattoos. That's, that's a lot of tattoos. It is a lot of... <laughs> I think that, that was more of the backlash. As, as a band member and as a friend, do you, do you never just be like, yo, man, you're done. It's good. Hey, man. <laughs> I got a lot of tattoos too. I'm gonna well, cover it up. Yeah, but I can't see like your well, you neck see is just yeah, that I one. see on your face. But yeah. I mean he's literally it's my... just like he doesn't no. even wear clothes type thing. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the big controversy is that That was I think that was it. Tattoos. It was the tattoos. But uh, let's talk about <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the solo career. Um mm -hmm. You're an, accompli an accomplished artist, uh, you know, by yourself. You you you're doing it, you're making music. Um this album is yeah. one that is celebrated because of the different influences that it has. How is your music different to what you make with Maroon 5 and, and why is it that different? Um, you know, I think um, for me, it's my, my music is rooted in soul, it's soul R&B music. Right. Um, I think we lean to, towards, I mean, initially with Maroon, it was a rockish pop thing and then it became, you know, more of a pop thing. Um, and their soulful elements because, you know, Adam's a soulful singer. The reason they became Maroon was because of being introduced to Stevie Wonder with their punk influence and right. they just mixed uh -huh. it all together. But for me, I really focus on the soul side. You know, my influences from Stevie Wonder to Al Green and D'Angelo. So um, I think that's a big difference. You know, I'm, I, they're all from LA. I'm, I'm a New Orleans boy born and raised, I had to move to LA to join the band and now have since moved back to New Orleans. But I think that's the, a big difference is that I'm a, I'm a soul man through and through. You know? part, part, of the reason, part of the reason you moved back is, is really inspirational. You moved back because you love New Orleans. You, you wanted to give back as well. I mean, you've got gumbo in the title of, of the album. Um, yeah. Why has it been so important for you to bring the music back to New Orleans and to put New Orleans in the music? Well, for me, you know, it was going back home to, you know, first selfishly and, and getting myself centered and getting back to who I was, mm -hmm. and why I was doing this in the first place. And then when I got there, I saw that a lot of the things, the missing links that that caused me to have to leave to, to be successful in music were still there. And I was always looking around because I was always the young boy, you know, and then I look around and I'm kind of the old, the young OG now. Right. And I said, well, I'm not going to ask anybody to do it. I'm going to step up and um, and try to be the voice and be a leader um, in my own town. And uh, that's what started to happen. We have this initiative, Gnome, that we've started. And um, it's really about getting the music business infrastructure back going in New Orleans. And right. You're, really you're trying exciting. to basically grow what, what you call, and I love it, the Motown 
of New Orleans. Yeah, well my, you know, this Grammy Award winning album that we just won is on my independent label, right, Martin Records right. in New Orleans. And I call it the Motown of New Orleans because I really wanted to focus on, uh, well first honing talent right there in the city the way uh -huh, that Motown uh -huh. did, but also, you know, looking over the project from A to Z. I don't think there's enough development going on in music anymore. Right, it's right. Like you got enough views on YouTube, let's get it going. But me, I wanna, I want to you want to uh, nurture see the it talent. all the way You want to through. grow the people. You exactly. want to, yeah. yeah. When, when you look at um, the culture, the music, what, what, what you're trying to do right now, uh, you're in a really interesting space where, where you, can, you can grow the music into what you want it to be. But where you came from is what, what really blows my mind. You, you came from a religious background, like oh, strong yeah. religious background, singing in the church. You know, your music is very different now. You actually have a song on this album that you're going to be performing uh, called Religion. Yes. Right? And... The song is about what you don't like about religion. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? Or, yeah, uh, it's true. I'm, I'm a preacher's kid, mm -hmm. born and raised in the church, learned how to play music in the church. Um, religion is a song that I wrote um, dur during the presidential campaign. And, um, you know, growing up as a pastor's kid, I saw a lot of um, misuse um, in, in church in right, general. Right, right. Um, you know, uh, with power, I mean, with humans just being human. Um, I've seen Using a lot of mistakes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but what really took me took me back was um, a lot of the the, the evangelicals, uh, mainly white evangelicals, um, just kind of throwing away everything that they stood for yes. in, in, to support Trump. And I and and I really think that it became more about supporting that than their beliefs. Right. Uh, they just threw those away just because he said, listen, I'm a Christian and that's it. I don't have to act like one. I don't have to, my actions don't have to prove mm -hmm. uh, that, that I am, but I am. Just take that. And then everybody's just with them. And I'm like, man, what happened to all these things that you used to, used to be so bad and mm -hmm. that you would come mm -hmm. out against? Um, and that's where the song really came came from. It's powerful, man. It's an amazing album. That's why it has a Grammy, and uh, I'm excited to hear you perform it. My Thank man. you so much for being on the show, my dude. Thank you for having me. Bumbo Unplugged is available now. PJ Martin, everyone. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.